welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. I'm proud to announce the sponsor of this week's podcast, Cleovana. Cleovana is a novel gynecologic treatment that increases arousal and sensitivity in the vaginal area by using sound waves to increase vascularity and innervation of the vulvar area. This simple, non-invasive treatment involves no lasers, scalpels, needles, and importantly, no downtime off from your busy life. To learn more about this procedure or to request a consultation with one of their certified and skilled clinicians, please visit cleovana.com. That's spelled C-L-I-O-V-A-N-A.com. Thank you, Cleovana, for sponsoring this week's podcast. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the show. Today, I wanted to talk about what bioidentical hormone therapy is and is not. And so it's a topic that will go nicely after the Women's Health Initiative podcast episode, which we did last week. These go together really nicely, almost is the next step in the story. So today we're going to be talking about what is and what aren't bioidentical hormones. I love all of your comments and suggestions and questions and content ideas. So please, please keep sending me ideas. If you haven't already connected with me, you can find me on Instagram at hormone.health.doc and send me a direct message. I get a ton and really great uh, messages from all of you, inspiring messages, questions, um, which sometimes are hard to answer because I can't give direct medical advice via Instagram and suggestions for shows. So I really, really appreciate it. Other places, if you guys want to find me on social media, on Twitter, I'm at Heather Hirsch MD. And since the pandemic began, I had launched and started my YouTube channel, Health by Heather Hirsch. So lots of Heather Hirsch's in there. <laughs> Definitely a uh, pattern to that, right? And you can also find me on my website, heatherhirschmd.com. That's also where you can find my course, The Complete Guide to Menopause. I did a big launch of this a week or on Black Friday. Sorry, I'm Black Friday. And I'm so excited to see the next group of folks go through the course. What it is, it's a sixth hour, a comprehensive course, really going through everything in chronological order, talking about menopause, perimenopause, explaining your labs, doing some sort of uh, examples of those, uh, going through all the different types of hormone therapy, non-hormone therapy, um, weight loss, hair thinning, um, all of the things that women really care about in midlife. And so it takes a really nice deep dive and also comes with some PDFs and some downloadables and things to help you talk with your doctor. So you can check that all out. It's on my website, heatherhirschmd.com slash course, or you can also go on my Instagram page. You can find it right in the link in my bio. So just a really great resource. And I've been thinking about it recently because I think, or I hope I'm going to do a little bit of sprucing and updating because I originally had launched it in January of 2019. And so it's coming up on a year. So I'm going to maybe spruce it up a little bit. For those of you who already have the course, this will be automatically updated for you. 
All right, so let's get into what we're all here for, which is what the heck does bioidentical really mean? Now, if you're an avid listener of the show, I've talked about this a lot in many of my uh, prior episodes, a lot on myths about hormone therapy. So it deserves its own episode, I believe. It's time to sort of get some of those topics back up to the top of the chart here. So bioidentical is actually a slang term. Sorry to kill your excitement over it, but it's just a slang term. And you can replace the word estradiol with any time you hear the word bioidentical. Now, I sometimes hear this referred to as body identical in other countries, not in the United States. Here in the United States, we call it bioidentical. It's also a marketing term. It's a term that's made for you to think, that sounds really healthy. That sounds right. Things should be identical to me. We're all kind of, you know, selfish in a certain way. We all sort of think about how things are going to help us or be the healthiest healthiest for us. So bioidentical just means that they're using a product called estradiol. Now you can get bioidentical products that are FDA approved, or you can get products that are non-FDA approved, which I don't normally prescribe for unless there's very extreme circumstances such as an allergy or reaction to any type of commercial or FDA approved product. Now, let's talk about why this whole scenario and scene of bioidentical hormones started. So if you listen to my last episode, we talked about the fallout from the women's health study in the early 2000s. So at the time when it was initially released, there was a lot of fear and confusion among the use of FDA-approved hormone therapy, which was widely being used throughout the 1990s and into the early 2000s. What happened after that? Well, doctors got really scared. They called all their patients and pulled them off their hormone therapy abruptly. And patients got really scared. They read the news, they were seeing things on the media, and they stopped their hormone therapy immediately. The use of hormone therapy plummeted. And you know what increased? The use of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or antidepressants. Now, is that bad? It's it's maybe not bad or good, but it's more of a pattern. It means that women still needed something. Women still needed help with symptoms, right? The majority of women, 70 to 80% of women going through menopause will have on average menopausal symptoms for five to seven years. Some women up to 10 years and a very small percentage of women for the rest of their life. So the use of antidepressants skyrocketed and At the same time, wellness clinics opened. What's a wellness clinic, you might ask? Well, a wellness clinic or a compounded uh, clinic essentially is a place where you could get non-FDA approved hormone therapy. And you know what? Business was kind of booming because they're trying to differentiate themselves from the FDA approved medications that were used in the WHI. Look, they said, you know, those medications shown to increase breast cancer or heart disease and you know all these terrible things. So we're going to make you body identical natural uh, hormones that are going to be safe for you to use and they're going to alleviate your symptoms. And they did just that. And this is still a really growing industry. In fact, I in fact, it's, it's, it's one of the big reasons I've become such an advocate for menopause and advocate for women's health and really preach a deep understanding on the safety and efficacy of FDA approved hormone therapy because the niche of compounded non FDA approved hormone therapy has really skyrocketed. 
It's also now into telemedicine. And you have uh, pharmacists writing these prescriptions, uh, emergency room doctors writing these prescriptions for patients, physicians uh, who are charging just astronomical prices to even evaluate patients, running tons and tons of labs every couple of months on patients. These medications are extremely, extremely costly and unfortunately not as safe as they claim to be. In fact, FDA-approved hormone therapy is significantly safer for various reasons, and I'm going to get into that next. But before we do, this has blossomed into a billion-dollar industry. And for all of you who might be thinking, oh gosh, I'm taking bioidentical hormone therapy, or I'm taking non-FDA-approved hormone therapy, I have a message for you, and that message is, I get it. I absolutely understand Here's probably the trajectory of what happened. You went through menopause. You didn't feel so good. You recognized that and you wanted to do something about it. Then a couple things happened. Either your friends told you they go to so-and-so who does pellet injection, which is a, another non-FDA approved option. And they say, and I feel great. Or you went to your doctor and asked about hormone therapy and they kind of looked at their feet and scuffled around and tried to write you for an antidepressant. And you realized that's not what I need. And you were smart enough to know that you probably needed a replacement in your hormone level. And the only place that would see you and accept you and hear you was one of these types of clinics. There's very few uh, physicians and educators who really understand menopause. And I talk up a lot about this in one of my earlier episodes on why I became a menopause doctor, but I'm starting to paint this picture for you that there's been a severe injustice to women in women's health at the end of our reproductive cycle. And you can start to see this unfold. So this billion dollar industry is really promoting products that are not FDA approved. What does that mean? Well, that means there's no regulation. There is no regulation. That's a huge problem. There's been lots of prescriptions that have caused significant uh, problems, side effects, reactions, even death. And maybe it's not hormone therapy. Maybe it's a steroid or it's another type of uh, compounded non-FDA approved medication. But nonetheless, a lot of people are shocked to learn that these are not regulated, that these are not FDA approved. It's kind of something they maybe gloss over. Now, of course, I've not had this experience of being a midlife woman and not understanding menopause medications from one another. So I'm, I'm really just kind of guessing and, and kind of pulling together all of my patients' prior experiences. Not only are they unregulated, but each individual prescription is absolutely different. You can't really standardize them because you can't standardize them. There's no good way to study them. So their safety and efficacy has not been adequately studied. No matter what you're being told or no matter what's in a pamphlet, it has not been adequately studied. But what we do know, what we have studied is how these products can be really unsafe. The biggest reason they can be unsafe is because they get the very delicate balance of estrogen and progesterone wrong. Because of this, if the balance is wrong, you're certainly at risk for certain things, but the the biggest concern is the risk for uterine cancer. Why is that, you might ask? Well, uterus loves progesterone. I always tell my patients it would just bathe in progesterone all day if it could, and it really needs a proper balance. Without that balance, you have a scenario where we call this in the medical field, unopposed estrogen. Too much estrogen on the uterus without the proper balance of progesterone can lead to uterine cancer. 
So when you're using a non-FDA approved compounded prescription, it is really hard to know that that balance is correct because that dose hasn't been significantly studied and because that dose can vary from one bottle to the next. Also, many people use progesterone cream and they apply a cream on their arm. And there is significant data to show that that cream does not get absorbed adequately. So again, therein lies the risk for uterine cancer. Other big risks include this not being very helpful and having sub-therapeutic levels, but having a placebo effect and spending significant amounts of money on these medications. It's not uncommon for women to spend thousands of dollars a year, even up to $10,000 a year by the time you're getting all this rigorous, unnecessary lab testing every couple of months and refills on these compounded prescriptions, which are certainly not cheap. Again, making this a billion dollar industry. Along with that, you could even throw in the Dutch test or saliva test or any other test that is not a blood test. Let me tell you straight up, I am a menopause expert. I work at a renowned hospital in Boston. I work at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and faculty at Harvard Medical School. I trained my menopause education was at the Cleveland Clinic, and never once have I had to rely on any other test than a blood test. I'm going to be straight and just give it to you. There is nothing special about a saliva test or a urine test. It is just not more sensitive. The best way to understand where someone is in menopause and how their treatment is, is to listen to them and to listen to any side effects from the medications that they're on, and then to use their blood level as another data point to see. But trust me when I say there's no good reason to pick a saliva test or a urine test over a blood test. Now, some of you listening to this may be angry, (laughs) maybe because either that's what you've been doing and that's what you've been told, or you wholeheartedly believe this. But I have to tell you, from years and years and years of experience, lots of research, teaching, and studying, I see no reason, no compelling reason that I cannot use a simple, very cheap blood test. And also, I don't need to repeat these every couple of months to keep you on your medication. In fact, once my patients are very steady on their doses, I usually see them again in a year. There is no need to keep having you come in unnecessarily to refill a prescription that I know is really having a steady state effect on you. So again, there is a level of taking advantage of the niche and the fears that were formed around FDA-approved hormone therapy in the early 2000s. And now that we're into 2020, that still hasn't gone away. I think the pendulum is swinging a little bit. I think there are folks like me and other folks who are really standing up and and talking about evidence-based practices for menopause. And what we realize we need is to educate our internists, our family medicine physicians, and our OBGYN physicians, those residents in training who have never seen uh, a a preceptor write for FDA-approved menopause hormone therapy. Now, let's go back to bioidentical hormone therapy. I can also write for bioidentical hormone therapy, and in in fact, I do this day in and day out. Now, you're like, huh? Remember, I said it could be both non-FDA approved, which we just talked about, and FDA approved. So there are FDA approved bioidentical hormone therapy because bioidentical means estradiol. Yeah. So estradiol is a more plant-based estrogen, but it is still a prescription. 
Now, quick detour while we're on the topic. The female body makes three, yes, three different types of estrogen. The majority or about 95% of the estrogen that the female body makes is called estradiol. We've talked a lot about estradiol, and that's really what's in a prescription of uh, hormone therapy, estrogen replacement. There's also esterol and esterone, and that, that makes it the other 5% are really inactive, uh, very low potency estrogen in, in the female body. So if you're taking something like estrovin over the counter, that's usually what's in those products, or if you're compounding estradiol, or, or sorry, esterone or esterol, these are such low potency that it Really, I just kind of have to say it's probably not worth the money. You're probably just getting a placebo effect from them. So estradiol is a prescription, but this comes in FDA-approved options. So many of the options that I use, both orally or transdermally, or even in a gel, are definitely bioidentical. It just means estradiol. Now, what about when it comes to the progesterone? Well, similarly, micronized natural progesterone is considered bioidentical. Again, it is more of a plant-based or natural progesterone compared to some of the more man-made ones that are really made in a laboratory, something like megase or medroxyprogesterone acetate. That's actually the MPA is what was used in the WHI, or also known as uh, Prempro. Premarin is not... Uh, considered bioidentical, Premarin is what comes from horse's urine. Now, again, if I was stuck on a deserted island and I was menopausal and having symptoms and all that was there was Premarin or Prempro, I'd probably happily take it because much of the safety data from the WHI, that long-term safety data that I talked about in last week's episodes, really confirms that there is significant safety to hormone replacement therapy, whether it is bioidentical or whether it's not. But if we choose to ultimately accept the scientific findings that hormone therapy is safe and effective, particularly when used within 10 years of menopause, and especially for women who don't have an intact uterus and can take estrogen only, again, you should feel very comfortable using FDA-approved products, whether bioidentical or not. So what are some examples of bioidentical FDA-approved options? Well, one is estradiol. Yeah, I prescribe plain old generic estradiol all the time. It is a wonderful option. It comes in 0.5 milligrams, 1 milligram, 2 milligrams. I often have patients take this once a day or twice a day, and it's very nice because I can help them figure out the right dose. Remember, if you have an intact uterus, you must take a progestin with it. So sometimes my patients will take estradiol with micronized natural progesterone. Sometimes they will have a progesterone-releasing IUD in place, and those are really nice options. It also comes orally in a combined bioidentical option. There's a product called Bijuvia from Therapeutics MD. Bijuvia is a combination of estradiol, uh, one milligram, and micronized natural progesterone, 100 milligrams. Bam, isn't that really convenient and nice? There are other options like Activella or Mimvi, and those are their brand names, but these are estradiol norethindrone combinations, also of which are considered bioidentical. You can even look at a patch. You could do estradiol, just generic estradiol as a patch. There you go, bioidentical, FDA-approved, really cost-effective, and you can get it at your local pharmacy like a CVS or a Walgreens or your grocery store. 
The estradiol patch can also come uh, with uh, a progesterone, so the, either the Combi patch or Climera Pro, Pro standing for the progesterone, and these can also be considered bioidentical. Estradiol can also come in a transdermal gel. It, sometimes you can find it in generic. Oftentimes it's hard to find. It comes in a brand uh, Divagel, which is estradiol, and you could take that with a micronized natural progesterone. So there's just a ton of different ways and options that you can use FDA approved, uh, bioidentical, because remember, just replace the word estradiol every time you hear bioidentical. There are more safety issues when using, again, the uh, the non-FDA approved uh, compounded um, medications. And this also includes going into the territory of a testosterone. Now, testosterone in the United States must be compounded. There's no good way around it, and that's because it's not FDA approved. Now, I either get this for my patients in an FDA approved way by giving them androgel, which is a male testosterone um, formulation and using one tenth of the dose, or I will compound it. And the, you know, I, I, I always tell my patients, I know I go through this whole spiel and talk about not using compounded medications, but there's just no other good way to get testosterone unless you use uh, androgel or, you know, a male form and use a very low dose of it. But testosterone unregulated can be extraordinarily dangerous. I did a whole uh, YouTube video on this, on the risks of using uh, testosterone and why not to use pellet injections. So I specifically now just want to address pellet injections. So what is a pellet injection? Well, I've never performed them. I've never seen them done, but I've seen numerous, numerous patients with side effects or dissatisfaction from pellet injections. Pellet injections tend to be really popular in some of the more coastal cities, West Coast, Texas, actually even Central Ohio, where I came from before I moved to Boston. And it's a subdermal implant, usually of estrogen, uh, testosterone, um, and sometimes progesterone, or sometimes progesterone is given orally. Now, these are problematic because if you don't like a dose, you are stuck with it for three months. And let me tell you something, being that I do this day in and day out and I toggle my patients' medications and their doses a lot within those first couple of weeks or months, I, I it blows my mind that this is done because, uh, again, not only is it extremely costly, you know, average price for this is a few thousand dollars every th- round, which lasts every three months. You've got to get your labs tested every three months, um, but you are stuck with that dose. It is injected and planted for three months. And very, very often I see supra therapeutic, aka crazy high levels of testosterone. And this, my friends, is really quite dangerous. Supra-therapeutic levels of testosterone can cause permanent deepening of your voice. Something really important for my singers or for my actresses or for anyone really it can cause permanent enlargement of your clitoris, which is called clitoromegaly. Elevated testosterone can definitely cause hair thinning and causing you to lose your hair. In fact, that's a lot of of, uh, the side effects that people see initially. And it can also cause acne, an acne that can leave a significant scarring on your face. So super therapeutic testosterone levels can be really quite dangerous. Now, to give you a reference range, at my hospital, testosterone ranges for women are uh, considered normal between 8 and 60. 
very commonly my postmenopausal patients will have levels pretty often below 20, sometimes undetectable. And that's pretty normal. You don't, you don't make testosterone uh, after menopause, just like you don't make estrogen. When I'm replacing them uh, via the compounded testosterone that I have to use, I'm using a really low dose. In fact, I write for 0.25 mLs of uh, 1% testosterone. And typically I see my patient's levels go up to say 30 or 40, never past 60, never past that normal reference range. And very commonly, this really does help specifically for libido. So that's what it's most helpful for, low libido. It's not really been shown or proven to help with things like fatigue or uh, muscle mass. It's really mostly for libido. When I see super therapeutic levels of my patients who've had pellets, I see levels in the 200s, 250s, extremely high, unnecessary. And it can take some time for those levels to float down. So again, pellet injections or anything that's going to last for a really long time, in my opinion, really doesn't make for a great postmenopausal hormone therapy regimen. It just makes it too difficult to uh, regulate. And you're not going to stay stable. You're not going to always need that same uh, dose. And of course, when you put in a big pellet injection, you're going to get a huge whopping dose at first, and then it's going to go down, 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 down. Now, a lot of people say they feel great on these pellet injections, and I bet you do. With that kind of testosterone, you're going to feel like you could take on the world. But it's extremely dangerous. Not only that, but it can cause um, heart issues. It could cause accelerated bone loss. So again, there's just so much we still don't know, but those super therapeutic levels those really high levels of testosterone are quite dangerous. Remember, what's injected into your tush is not regulated by any way, shape, or form. So that is what is really the most concerning to me about uh, non-regulated compounded uh, hormone therapy regimens, as well as the fact that I'm just going to say it, I think they're financially abusive, and I think that they're preying on the insecurities of physicians primarily, and then you know the downward effect of the insecurities of patients when choosing a regimen for their menopause symptoms. So I hope this has been really informative. I actually hope you knew some of this before, but for many people, it's quite confusing and it's very complex to understand. I know that it took me years to understand menopause and all of the uh, facts that I ramble off, but hopefully if you need to listen to this again or some of the earlier episodes, you can really go back to those to understand uh, the safety and efficacy of FDA-approved hormone therapy and not have to fall prey to compounded uh, non-FDA-approved hormone therapy. Now, I have a handful of patients, I can probably count on two hands, uh, the patients who I have prescribed compounded therapies for over my, you know, several years of doing menopause care. And these patients really have had uh, severe allergies uh, or really adverse events to almost all the commercially available products. That's usually not because it's the estrogen, it's because of the vehicle that the estrogen product is in, whether it's the adhesive in the patch or whether it's something that the estradiol is mixed in orally you know, progesterone is mixed in peanut oil. So you really can't have an allergy to peanuts. So um, there has been a handful of patients for whom I have used compounded therapy for. What should you do if you've been using compounded hormone therapy that's non-FDA approved? Well, 
Go to menopause.org and find yourself a menopause provider who can really help safely get you off of these and onto something really cost uh, effective and also much more efficacious and safe. At the same time, a lot of times I recommend my patients do have a uterine ultrasound because I want to make sure that their uterus is healthy if they have been on non-FDA approved hormone therapy. Now, in all honesty, I worry less about my patients who've had a hysterectomy, who have not been using testosterone and just using an estrogen progesterone, because there really is no reason to use a progesterone if you don't have an intact uterus. And of course, if yours is already removed, well, you're not at risk for uterine cancer. But for my patients who do have a uterus, I certainly do check an ultrasound for them. And then I'll have them undergo an endometrial biopsy if the lining is a little bit thick, or if they've had any postmenopausal bleeding on their um, non-FDA approved compounded regimen. But again, I really want to stress that this trajectory I understand. I absolutely understand why a woman would use any type of hormone therapy to feel better. She's trying to solve a problem and she's trying to make her life improve. She's trying to make her quality of life better so she can function and thrive and be a mother and a wife and a, and a you know, employee. So I certainly understand why you have gotten there, but I want to really reassure you of the safety of FDA approved options and get you on something that's safe. I hope this was really informative and helpful. Please leave me a message. Follow me over on Instagram. I'm at hormone.health.doc and Twitter. I'm at Heather HeatherHirschMD. Feel free to check out my course. I talk a lot about this. And I talk about a lot of the FDA approved regimens, how to kind of choose what's right for you. Of course, that's always best when you're with me in the office or with your own doctor. But certainly I know women in menopause are very proactive. The ones that are thinking about it are thinking about it and they want to have solutions and they want to go to their doctor and know what they're talking about. So take a look at that. It's heatherhashmd.com. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for your stars and your reviews for making this podcast really climb to the top of the charts. It's so cool. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day evening and thank you so much for sticking around for this 30 minutes on bioidentical hormone therapy, what it is and what it isn't. See you guys next week. Bye.